We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alrighty, let's get to it. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, hello, sir. Uh, I'm going to toss it to you in about 15 seconds. But first, for anybody who may not uh, know the specifics of the trade or actually trades, as we will get to in a moment, um, the Knicks are acquiring Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Oops. <laughs> how many times? How many more times? Can I get that? <laughs> Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> The one from Detroit, along with a guy that we know very well and most of us love, uh, Alec Burks, in exchange for Quinn Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Ryan Archidiacono, and two second-round picks. We do not know the details, unless I missed it, on the two second-round picks. The Knicks had 11 to trade. They now um, have nine to trade. Uh, We're going to have big-picture thoughts. We're going to do Super Chats, all of the stuff. But first, I'm going to toss it to Jeremy with a quick, important detail. Yeah, just the first thing, because this is the most common question that I've been asked about on Twitter. You cannot aggregate Malachi Flynn's salary, but you can deal him separately from the trade. The Knicks broke this up. So it was essentially Grimes, Fournier, and Archidiacono for Burks and for um, Bogdanovich. And then they took Flynn and they would have likely dumped him into what I presume to be the Marvin Bagley traded player exception. Uh, But it depends on the moving parts of this because I believe that the Pistons also got Daniel house. So they're not done. So there's a lot of moving around the bottom. All you need to know, right. All you need to know right now is that a lot of moving parts that can be interchangeable because this had no deals have been finalized really. But uh, so we'll see if there's more coming about this. The main thing you need to know if you're wondering how Flynn was lumped into this, it's just the word salad. They're two separate deals at minimum. Um, and again, I don't think either of us have had, had time to sit down and actually do the math. I'm like 90 plus percent sure that uh, the reason why. So if you're like, well, why if Flynn's a separate trade, why do you need to do it at all? My presumption is that uh, f- uh, putting Flynn in a separate deal as part of this keeps the Knicks under the tax, which is something that Jeremy has been all over for 
I feel like the better part of two years, um, because the math works if you just do Archie Diakono, Grimes, and Fournier for Bogdanovich and Burks. However, I think, I think, I think that would have put the Knicks slightly into the tax, which again, if you, you could be $1 into the tax, it starts the clock on the repeater tax, which again, all things being equal, if you could avoid it for another year, you avoid it for another year. That's exactly um, correct. And yeah. I'll just add that uh, the Knicks right now are sitting at 12 players. You can't have 12 players for the rest of the season. You need to have some sort of other roster spots to be filled. Even if the minimum contracts that the Knicks could sign players to are prorated, which they yeah. are, you st- it still counts towards the cap. Uh, so they needed to clear some space. As of right now, if my math is correct, they are around $2.6 million away um, okay. signing a couple, they could, they could find ways to stack salaries, but they had to your point, John, yes, getting Flynn out of there, got them out of the tax. You couldn't move him past today because he's an under, he's a pending free agent. So it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, let's go big picture at first. Um, let me start by just acknowledging the reality of this trade, which is that the Knicks got a lot older. Um, but Bo- Bo- uh, Boyan, Bogdanovich is 34 years old. Uh, Alec Burks is 32. I think actually Bo- Bogey has a birthday coming up fairly soon. Yeah, he has a birthday. So right around uh, when the playoffs start, April 18th, he'll be 35 years old. Um, and I think that there will be a temptation to look at this trade and say, oh, thanks for going for it. My reaction to this is that this is yet another example of something that I think Leon Rose has been better at or as good at as any GM or front office executive in the league over the last bunch of years, which is it doesn't always work out this way, but in pretty much everything they do, it's trying to have his cake and eat it too. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, if you look at your poet, you didn't even know you rhymed. Um, <laughs> what do I mean by that? Did the Knicks get better today? I look, I, I'm, and we're, I'm, we'll talk about Grimes in a second. I think Grimes still has a super high upside. Go back and read any of the newsletters that I wrote about Quentin Grimes. I wrote whole newsletters about him over the summer. Like at, at, right after last season, I wrote them. I, I'm pretty sure I wrote multiple ones. I think there's a real upside there. I think he was maybe not in the best place this season all the way around. Maybe there was some bad vibes for whatever reason. And I'll be curious if we get some more reporting on that now that he's out. Um, But maybe it wasn't in the best place coming into this year. Maybe new with the DiVincenzo edition. His days certainly as a starter were numbered. Maybe he knew his days as a Nick. Um, were numbered with the and he saw how the contract stuff went with quickly and, and frankly quickly's a superior player than Grimes. So, but that doesn't mean he's not very. He's I think Quentin Grimes could be awesome. I think there are w- worlds where he could be a thirty plus minute a night starter on good teams in this league, and he could still get better. So it's not like they gave up nothing and and they gave up their best point of attack defender. Which if we're really going to get into the X's and O's at some point, that matters. All that being said, the Knicks got better today, and boy did they get deeper. And we're facing a situation right now with some, we don't have to, we, every, we all know the injury uncertainty facing this team. This now, at the very least, helps them get across the finish line in the regular season. And then we'll talk about what the playoffs might look like because boy, oh boy, did the Knicks get some gamers here. And yet, and yet, and again, I don't want to diminish Grimes as an asset. I don't want to diminish him as a player. 
They gave up one young player who is six, five, four, whatever months away from being extension eligible. And they did not give up a single first round pick in this deal. So you want to talk about keeping the, we keep going back to keeping the powder dry, keeping the powder dry. The powder remains dry. Is it exclusively draft asset powder? Yes. But you know what? They got a lot of it. And so, and, and they're, and they're, are they, again, are they going for it this year? I don't, we could get into what exactly that means. I think they got better. And I think they gave themselves a real chance to put a scare into just about anyone in the playoffs with this trade. I don't love this trade. Okay. I also, I also don't hate it. Okay. We're a far cry from the preseason, early season, uh, like talk of Bogdanovich for a first round pick Bogdanovich involving RJ bear, like all the things that you've seen floating around the internet, which are not necessarily sourced at all, but just like, that is what worried me. The Knicks went a very long time without acquiring any player in their 30s. And with the swing of with one swing, they now have two players in their 30s and took away their only other first round draft pick. So we're looking at a Knicks team that now has zero players that they have drafted in the first round. Yep. Which again, if you're a fan of the homegrown vibe and building on that that sucks that that hurts i am as a player like i'm less high on grimes as a player as you are i think there is a high floor for him he is a fantastic defender i think the issue of course is if you relegate him to a three and d role then he's not going to be a whole lot i also don't think that he was capable of showing a whole lot more in terms of the creation not a very good finisher The Knicks added shooting today. They added healthy players, even if they're in their 30s. Of the players that the Knicks traded today, the only one, only one of them was a rotation piece. And he has been out. So you get Malachi Flynn minutes, who should not be in the rotation, which is, um, I mean, they just have had to play him due to injury. And it's not like they could have moved Deuce McBride. He is ineligible to be traded. So to your point, I have no issue with what the Knicks gave up to get these players. I don't really have issues with the players they acquired. They're just not exactly who I would go for. With that being said, because the Knicks are always future focused, I cannot fault them for getting a player who can be served as continuous soup this summer, where there was clearly interest in some capacity to Bogdanovich. So if the Knicks are looking to flip Bogdanovich, and they will be, there has to be some level of interest, right? It's not like, hey, well, why don't the Knicks just keep Evan Fournier and guarantee his salary next year? Well, because he's not really a playable player. Bogdanovich is. There's a team that could trade for, you know, trade their star. The Knicks use Bogdanovich as salary filler. And then that mm-hmm. team could flip that player in the same way that Drew Holiday was moved. And I'm not saying Bogdanovich and Holiday are the same player or anything of the sort. They're obviously not. But there's that mindset of, hey, can we take this value and get other value and take that value yeah. and then get additional value from that too? So I look at this roster and I see a couple roster spots that need to be filled, likely with prorated players. I would look at guys like Charlie Brown Jr., maybe Jacob Toppin, um, maybe other players that they have. On two ways right now, we should say. Yes, they're on yeah. two ways. I, there, is, there is a possibility that Taj Gibson comes back, of course. Um, he's on a 10-day. He's right. on a 10-day, so this, this doesn't affect them. 
but it's not like, uh, so I guess I should say they're 13 players, but they're like 12 guaranteed contracts. So I like the move. I just, I just wish it weren't two players in their thirties, but you're telling me that the Knicks gave up Grimes, Flotsam and some second round picks that I can absolutely live with. Of course. I think it's all incredibly well said. I appreciate where you're coming from. I think this is the, you know, I've been fond of saying recently, like perfect is the enemy of the good. Um, and the Knicks were in a situation, they were in a way for as much as we talk about their flexibility. I don't, is it too much for me to say they were between a rock and a hard place? And here's what I mean by that. Are they a true, true blue championship contender? Even after this trade, no, you know, I don't know what, what did they have a, a 1% chance of winning the title before this trade? Uh, maybe does that go up to 2% now? I 3%. I don't know. Like we, we could sit here and quibble about numbers to me. That's not the point to me. The point is this group and, and really you have to hone in on Jalen Brunson had done so well and performed so much, I think above what a lot of people thought they were capable of that. I don't know that the Knicks front office had the choice to just be like, you know what? Either we're going to sit this one out or we're going to maybe do a little thing here or there. And then it, then it really comes back down to Grimes. And it's like, cause they, they could have gotten, could they have gotten Alec Burks without giving up Quentin Grimes? Well, the, it would have been dicey with the money because you would have need, as you talked about recently, would have needed to sit, divert Malachi Flynn to a, a third team and all likelihood. Like, yeah, you could have done it, but I don't know where they getting the impact that they really needed to get them across the finish line. And again, I want to be specific with my verbiage in this regular season. And we're seeing, we're seeing drop guys dropping like flies here. And I think that the, th- like, is it the most, uh, is is the is it the move that the that uh, Leon has made other than probably the Kemba move which was exi- almost exists in its own universe at this point other than that move that is the most pr- focused on the present yes it is it, i i agree with you there it is the one that is definitely most focused on the present but again whether it's continuous suit whether it's just bogey being back next year like I don't know. I'm looking at his mileage on the tires. Like, yes, he's an older player. Did not come into the league until he was 25 years old. Was not the heaviest minute player. He's played a total of, at this point in his NBA career, 20,000 minutes. Like, that's... For a player of his caliber, that's not actually a lot for a guy who's about to turn 35. That's like... Again, I'm not saying he's a spring chicken, but to say that this guy is on the verge of like falling off and being a non-rotation piece, I don't know that we can, I don't know that we could go that far. Like I'm, if, if you tell me Bo, Bo, uh, Boyan McDonough was on this team next year, I'd be like, okay, I, I think he could still help us, whether it's even at a 15 or 20 minute a night thing. Um, but it really is a move that is, I think, focused on this season, perhaps more than the future other than the continuous soup angle. And that's the part that has me excited because I feel like I get to a lot of my fears about how the hell we were going to survive the next 31 games, 31 or 30, I forget how many they have left have been quelled because like you need Alec Burks to give you 30 minutes. To, it's not tonight because they're not going to be there tonight, but like Saturday, you need Alec Burks to give you 30 minutes on Saturday. Guess what? Alex works to do that. You need bogey to give you 30 minutes on Saturday night. Guess what? He could do that. And that's why I, and I guess my biggest question, then I'll throw it back to you. I wonder how much 
the the combination of the Randall injury and the recent OG Ananobi uh, news with that it's bone spurs and what that could mean. Wonder how much that impacted that this move today, if at all. I have to think it maybe, 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 maybe played a, a slight uh, or it impact. did. It did because Ian Begley just tweeted a few minutes ago, uh, told that uncertainty slash concern around OG Ananobi injury has factored into the Knicks deadline approach. Heard Ananobi had been making progress late last week, but he's missed games since then. Uh, Knicks yesterday changed injury description from elbow inflammation to bone spur irritation. So, yes, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Bogdanovich did see time in Europe, so that does add to the mileage. For sure. That's yeah. a bad but, job by me. I didn't point that but out. But looks looks can be deceiving because when you see a 30, almost 35-year-old balding man out there, you might think like, hey, this guy doesn't have a whole lot to give. But there is, there is room to give there. It would have been very difficult to find Grimes playing time in general. I mean, even, even if we had seen the Knicks get Bruce Brown. Uh, as an example, it would have been very difficult because like, I just don't know where the time's going to be when you have a healthy deuce, you have Grimes, like deuce can't be traded. Deuce has obviously been extended because they feel that they could use his salary this summer that went from being, Oh, it's a possibility because Grimes is here to uh, do signed a one-way ticket out. And I, I enjoy your money guaranteed, dude. That's, that's great. So I, but like, I can't, Again, I can't fault it. I appreciate the size. I don't see Bogdanovich playing significant minutes in the playoffs. I think he could see time, absolutely. I, but I, I'd be surprised with the level of defense to how much he'd be there. But it's to the point of that middle inning reliever. Could you have Bogdanovich as that middle inning reliever? And you have Burks as someone who you trust more in the playoffs. The thing that gives me the most hope with these two players, they take a lot of threes and they make a lot of threes. And that's yep. exactly what you want if you're the Knicks. And it's why replacing Quentin Grimes, you feel a little bit better about it because you have these players who can do what Grimes does from a shooting standpoint, but also you're adding another one of them. And if you feel for whatever reason, like let's say, let's magical world, right? Julius Randle's healthy and OG Ananobi's healthy and the Knicks are, are doing things. If someone doesn't have it, there's no time to mess around. And yes. now you have the shooting to compensate for it. If Julius Randle has another playoff series where he's struggling to shoot and Tibbs feels like, well, I, I'm not going to play Obi Toppin and Josh Hart, we don't have the size. You at least have someone there to scale up with OG or you have someone Bogdanovich who can see spot minutes at that position if you desperately need the shooting but don't want to give up other portions of it. And Bogdanovich is a good secondary playmaker. So it's not like he's this off-ball threat that, that Grimes was. Burks also, we know that he can make plays. Um, so the two of them being able to be a little bit more versatile, yes, you're taking defense away, which is absolutely a problem. The Knicks defense got worse today, but for offense and their switchability, their flexibility, their versatility, all of that changed to the point where I feel better about it, but still know that they lost something. But as we always say, you have to give to get. A couple things, um, and maybe we'll get to super chats after this. Uh, you, you you stole my my thunder with the lineup versatility, and I'm I was thinking less Julius if Julius Randall doesn't have it. How about Josh Hart? I always think back to a, a tweet that Benji sent out several weeks ago now, where he's like, "The problem with the Knicks is again, it's not that Josh Hart is a bad player; it's the way the Knicks are configured, especially after the trade." 
Josh Hart has to play 30 minutes a night. And in a perfect world, Josh Hart is a guy who, you know what? If Josh Hart's not having a great night, guess what? He plays 20 minutes. Now, looking forward even to the playoffs, what? how, how many guys play in a, in a typical high-level playoff game? Seven, maybe eight, seven and a half. You know, you maybe get it. Maybe you get eight and a half where somebody gets a few minutes in the first half, second half, you're down to eight guys. Maybe in a game seven, it's it's seven guys. All of a sudden now, Burks becomes a possibility of like, hey, maybe you're the point five. Hart, maybe you're the point five, I, which is unfathomable, right? To us, the guy that's been playing so many minutes, play four, 40 minutes all the freaking time. Maybe he's the point five. Maybe Bogey's the point five. To your point, maybe Randall, if he's, you know, if they need a little bit more defense and Something's not going right with him. That that amount of flexibility to me outweighs the defensive concerns because again, what is your defensive infrastructure? And that brings us back to OJ and Obi. And at the end of the day, like, look, they need OJ and Obi to be healthy because if OJ and Obi is not healthy, then it's they're kind of not up shit's creek. But in, in terms of being able to to win a high level playoff game, they're up shit's creek. But as long as you have him out there for most of the time, you have one of your centers who both have proven themselves defensively like those two. And then you have a third piece, whether that third piece, that's a positive defender, whether that's Steven Chenzo, whether that's heart. Um, I, I just still look at Alec Burks as a positive defender, maybe, maybe to my own uh, detriment, um, albeit older one, but like you, you have all those different options. And then just a, a couple more, um, the I love that you brought up the spacing. We've been talking and, and hemming and hawing about, well, if they get Bruce Brown, like how are they going to play him and Hart together? And it's going to be a disaster and this and that. These guys, I just looked up. And oh, that was the last thing or two two more things. Sorry, I have a lot to say. And then we'll get to Super Chats, I promise. Uh, this is a proven playoff performer, uh, Bogdanovich. Again, hasn't been in the playoffs a ton. The last time he, he played in a, a, a high-level uh, playoffs for a high-level playoff team, a team that had real aspirations, was the 2021 uh, run that Utah had where they probably should have gone to the Western Finals, if not the NBA Finals. Um, Shot 43% from three in the first round. Shot 48% from three against a pretty good defensive Clipper team in the second round in that series. Like This guy has been there um, he's a guy you trust in a big spot. Alec Burks, I think we know what he could do in a big spot. Think back to game one against the Hawks a few years ago. And now the last thing, and it, 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 you, I forget what you said to jog my memory on this with, with Grimes. I think we were headed for a world where Grimes was essentially going to be the point five in the playoff rotation. And he was just going to be whittled down to a guy who probably played five minutes and a half. If you do the math and you looked at at, at, at how their fully healthy team was going to be constructed, like I just didn't see a world where Grimes was going to play a prominent role. And if you're then trying to look ahead to the summer and flipping him for value in the summertime. Now, is that a it's kind of goes back to the quickly thing? It's like, do you trade a guy because you you don't? you know, feel like he has a role here. No, but it all plays a role. It all plays a, a part in your, your decision-making apparatus. So I, I thought that was important as well. Uh, that's it. Uh, turn back to you. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. I've got one more thing as I, as I do more compelling research. So mm-hmm. all of that is important. And there's one thing that I will ask you right now, John. Sure. You look, you look at this next team before this trade outside of Jalen Brunson. Who is 
a creation threat. Who is a pull-up shooter that you feel good about? Other than Brunson? Other than Jalen Brunson. I mean, Julius is a different kind of creation threat, but not as no, he's not a pull-up threat. Right. So in terms, if we're just focusing on the pull-up portion of it, um, there are 107 players this year who have taken at least 100 field goal attempts via pull-up. Would you like to guess where Bogdanovich and Burks <laughs> rank in the 107? Uh, what was the minimum number? A minimum of 100 field goal attempts taken purely off of uh, off the dribble. Uh, threes or to- uh, so, uh, whatever. Field goals like, in general, not three. Field goals in general. Where does Bogey rank? I, my guess would be somewhere in the top 30, 35 maybe. Okay, and Burks? I mean, Burks is shooting the freaking lights out of the ball. I would, I would guess that both of them were somewhere in the top third of how, how many total players? 107. Yeah, I would guess they're both around top 35, top 40 maybe. So Burks is 45th. Bogdanovich is 12th. There you go. And Burks need, is coming up because he's been hot. You need someone to create offense. That's not what OG's going to do. If you have Randall there, he's very middle of the pack in terms of the field goal percentage that he has. It's not just, hey, let's get off the ball players. It's let's get players that command certain levels of attention where, like, especially Burks's case, you can't go under a screen necessarily and you can't go over. So which one do you do? So that, that like adds another dimension to your offense that you would not have had if you stood pat or even went with someone like Bruce Brown. There's, I don't... Other than maybe one small one, and again, just you got to be cognizant of the defense about how who you have out there, and mixing and matching might be a little tricky. I'd from a basketball fit perspective, like putting aside the ages of the players and, and any contract concerns anybody might have, I love the basketball fit all the way around. Um, you know, it, it, I'm curious for the you know five and a half minutes that Jalen Brunson sits in a playoff game. Who like I, I'm I'm already fascinated by what what that lineup will look like, um, but I'm I'm not concerned uh, about it. And uh, yeah, great great point. Thank you for looking that up. That's great stuff. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I believe Andrew has a quick word he wants to say before we go to the Super Chats. Yes, fellas. And if you just allow me to have the floor for a second. Sure. Because I always try to bring the heart to these very analytical shows where you guys did a great job breaking down the pros and the cons. But 
one of our favorite players went out today. And I'm sorry, but I think this is what's finally going to break the camel's back. I believe that's the, th- the phrase, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I think I'm out officially on Leon Rose. For him to get rid of somebody that's contributed so much on the defensive end in his time as a Nick uniform, the things he's done for Nick's chemistry, I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm ever going to forgive Leon Rose for trading Ryan Archdiakono. I'm just not. This is, this is unacceptable. And if anybody wants to join me, in I'm, I already uh, ordered the pitchforks. They're going to get here by the time this live stream is over. We're going to go down and demand that Leon Rose finally speak to us because he's never going to do that. But we're actually make him do that outside of 33rd and 7th. Who's with me? Um, can I say something heartfelt now that you've made a joke out of it? Yes. The moment when Quentin Grimes knee buckled in the playoffs last year and he had the defensive stand on Jimmy Butler, that's, I mean, that's a top 15 Nick moment of my lifetime. I mean, it's it's up there. Uh, I'll never forget that. That was such a gutty moment. Say nothing of then playing 48 minutes in a freaking playoff game. Like, Quentin Grimes, is it too much to call him a great Nick? Like, he he gave them everything that they could have possibly wanted to say nothing of everything that you could have possibly wanted from a 25th pick in the draft. I re- I'm going to be, I will be genuinely, I mean this with all of my soul, genuinely rooting for him to be extraordinarily successful wherever he goes. Okay, I said one thing, because I also have a question for you guys. You said when his knee buckled, it is an important clarification. It's when Bam Adebayo and one of his (laughs) illegal ass screens forced his (laughs) knee to buckle and he still stood upright and was able to force a steal on Jimmy Butler. So is he able to be... I mean, you guys know this better than I would. I assumed because he would be waived by his next team. If he is waived by his next team, he can't come back or is Archie. It's it's a reunion possible six month rule, right? Well, the the thing is if he were dealt to another team and waived, then it would open the door. That's the book. That's the Bogut uh, corollary from a few years ago. Right. I think. I think so. Yeah. So uh, look, keep your eyes peeled. But if the deadline occurs and Archie Diakono has not uh, been moved uh, by the team, again, then like that reunion isn't happening. It's so if the Pistons are this season, this season, but, but I care about this season. I want I him know. getting his right. three seconds. I want him going on this new podcast. Like I, you're saying that he needs to get traded again by the Pistons. At minimum. Yeah. I, it would be very funny though, where he gets traded twice in 24 hours and then just shows up to work tonight. Like, Hey guys, didn't move. What's up? Like <laughs> still oh, lives in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was traded okay. twice. <laughs> But well, uh, uh, sorry. Sorry. no, I was just going to say, like, yeah, did they like I don't what are we what are we keep being told about this team? The chemistry part of it is massive. It's massive. So I'm I'm not going to sit here and like laugh off the fact that Archie Diakaro is gone. I'm really not. Um, I do think that there was some uncomfortability with Grimes and I th- who reported. Uh, I think some some reporter used the word disgruntled uh, earlier today. I apologize. I forget who. But like, I mean, we've kind of heard from Fred like that. This was. This was this has been brewing, and if you read between the lines on Fred's reporting, you could tell that this has really been brewing. Now they kind of deal with that situation. Burks, obviously, a guy that's going to fit right in their locker room because he's been in their locker room, and uh, Bogey seems like a from everything you've heard, or, or I guess maybe more importantly, haven't heard. Like, when have we ever heard anything about Bogey being anything but a great a great guy in the locker room? Yeah, and the the one thing I said this on either a live stream or a watch long, I don't remember, but there was something about the Grimes injury like Grimes being out 
timing wise, it felt very convenient. It felt like we, I could be completely off here. I'm, I, I'm fully wearing the tinfoil hat. But for him to have been ruled out of these games before the deadline when his knee might have not been 100% and then to subsequently be traded, I just saying, there's something feels a little tiny bit fishy. Maybe not, but just also a little bit. I think the the medium, the happy medium in, in whether or not he was actually hurt and your theory, Jeremy, I do think, I think he got hurt and probably could play through it, but this is when his representation was like, all right, if you intend to trade him, let's wait until after the deadline. He's just out until the deadline. Like he probably is hurt and they just decided to go the full measure, like you're saying, and just like, let's see, let's reevaluate you after we know we're keeping you, which obviously they're not. I just, I have, I keep, I've, how many times have I said last thing? Last thing, unless you have anything else, Andrew. No, I have one more thing, but it'll lead right into super chats. Okay. Dante DiVincenzo, Alec Burks, Bogey, OG Ananobi. The Knicks now have four shooters who, in different ways, are deadly. Uh, OG obviously is more limited to the corners in terms of him his being deadly versus just kind of average. Putting Brunson in lineups with any of those three when Randall is off the court, holy Jesus! With Hardenstein as your as your five hub with the and like again, it, these are not and again, this is not meant to be shaded. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes is a young player. He's still developing his off the dribble game. It'll get better. But do we have? I mean, talk about zero questions about whether guys like Divincenzo, Burks, or Bogey could put the ball on the floor and do some real stuff uh, in in the face of a hard closeout. To say nothing of what OG's done here and there um, with his kind of self creation, that is a frightening group of players and an offense to try to stop with the way Jalen Brunson is operating now. And it's just I, I don't know how you're a Nick fan and you're not excited at the very least at the thought of that. So yeah. Yeah, my only like real reaction to this, and I'm going to just, I don't know if this is betraying a confidence, but uh, I got a text from a friend, uh, maybe a friend of the pod. I don't know if he's a friend of yours, but he's a friend of mine down in Miami who covers the Miami oh. Heat. And he just asked me, like, have the Knicks traded a first this year in either of these transactions? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. And he's like, that's just, it's an incredible job by that front office. So look, it's not always a guarantee that you're going to like the deal that Leon Rose made makes, but it's usually a safe bet that they will be able to make a trade that makes a team better. And speaking of safe bets, since this is a live stream, shout out to the <laughs> fine folks over at Prize Pigs. John, read the sponsor thing, and then we'll head on over to the Super Chats. Sure! Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, I can't wait for prizepicks.com again slash KFS to have some props uh, up there on some of our uh, some of our new players. Uh, I will be I will be taking the very first Alec Burks over uh, three point uh, prop uh, when I get a chance to do so. Um, man, I'm just, I'm gonna let my happiness shine through a little bit. I'm really happy about this trade. I, I know you're a little more lukewarm. I'm I'm very happy about it. I'm not like the, the more I've talked about it, the more I've become excited about it. If there were a first involved in this, I would have been pretty disappointed. Okay, but again, given what they've received and what they've given up and how it positions them for the future, yeah. I can't fault it, and I'm I'm comfortable with it. 
I just I just don't love it in the same way that like you know me. I was all aboard the OG train. This is a it's just a different story. But can't all be OG Ananobi trades. It can't all be I mean, he's the best player that's been dealt this season. So um until someone tops that, like this is this is a close deal to that as of now. I don't know how many other players that are that much better have been dealt. I'm not saying there aren't any, but I don't know how many there have been so far. If you're someone that has been, you know, pining for the Knicks to like, quote unquote, go for it. And yes, I'm thinking of some comments uh, in the Substack chat to go for it this year. This is about as close to go for it move as was available on the board. Um, and that is with all due respect to DeJounte Murray, who, frankly, I don't think would have been as helpful to this team as these two players will be. Uh, not saying he's not an incredibly talented player, b- better asset, all of those sorts of things. I would rather have the guys that we just got um, all at, to say nothing of the cost. So, yeah. What also, uh, while we're talking about DeJounte Murray, what does DeJounte Murray do that like completely outpaces what these players have gotten. I'm not saying is DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray a worse, better player. I'm just like, look at what the Knicks got in these two incredible floor spacers who have strong pull-up abilities. DeJounte Murray is pulling up well this year, but it is a very fluky type of thing because his past presence shows that he is a very poor pull-up shooter. So, like, okay, we're talking about penetration. Like, is getting to the rim the most important thing? Because Burks can do that a little bit. And also, how much time is DeJounte Murray going to be on the floor where Brunson isn't on the floor? So you're you're already getting who I think is I think Brunson's top five in drives per game. You're already getting that that dribble drive penetration that you wouldn't need because you have Brunson. So it's it's all about the complementary pieces. In a vacuum, I'd say Murray is a better player. He's certainly younger. His prime is is uh approaching. Burks is aging out of it. Bogdanovich is almost 35. So it's not about who's the better player or players. It's just like, what do the Knicks need? The Knicks can afford to be choosy. And at a certain point, fit has to come into play. And how DeJounte Murray fit into this team was a challenge. The only reason that he really appealed to me was the salary portion. And then you have to deal with the trade kicker element of it. With the Knicks, with Bogdanovich, you don't have to worry about that. There's a more seamless fit. You're getting coverage at a key spot, the forward spot, where there's some concerns because you're missing OG and you're missing Randall. So if that's if this is all what the Knicks were able to do to get deeper, get larger, by the way. I mean, we're talking yeah. about Alec Burke, 6'5, Bogdanovich, six foot eight, six seven. So like, I, I hate to think of like, oh, what are opponents that you match up well against? But do I, I feel a little bit better? about going up against Boston. Oh, I feel a bit better about going up against Cleveland. I feel a bit better about going up, up against Milwaukee. Like there are the Knicks getting better and it not hurting their long-term future is something that I have to be happy about. Who, who's it comes down to this regarding the Murray part. Whose hands do you want the ball in? You want the ball in your best player's hands? Yeah. Okay. Well then Murray was not the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Um, is anyone going to guard DeJounte Murray in the playoffs? Uh, I will see. It remains to be seen. I bet you teams will challenge him uh, if he gets traded somewhere that actually is a team that makes the playoffs. Um, and then it, we you didn't even mention the thing that had kind of become my hill to die on, which is like DeJounte Murray was never coming here to come off the bench. And uh, I don't know if anybody else has noticed. I have a feeling a few people have that uh, Dante DiVincenzo was turned into Clay Thompson over the last five games. And uh, not this version of Clay Thompson. I'm talking about like prime Clay Thompson. 
I don't want that dude going anywhere from the Knicks starting lineup. Uh, so, and as far as just the, the size goes, um, I feel like that it, it's such an important thing. Like, do you, if you're going to be a mediocre defender or a mediocre to poor defender, which I guess you'd probably put bogey in that category at this point, be one that's a big and, and be smart and knows where to be and knows how to operate in a scheme and knows where they're supposed to be and gives full effort. Uh, because if you plug someone like that into a Thibodeau system, like was Derek Rose a great defender when the Knicks got him three years ago? No, he was not. And yet, did we ever watch those lineups? And they're like, man, Rose is killing them on defense tonight. No. If anything, we were like, man, Alfred Payton's killing them on defense tonight. You know, and he's a quote unquote better defender, but Rose knew how to play in the scheme. I trust, we know Alec Burks knows how to play in the defensive scheme, and I trust that Bogey will be able to pick it up pretty fast, too. Two tweets before we turn over the Super Chat contributions. First is Josh Hart said, uh, boys better uh, hop on that private jet and suit up. Uh, no one's I, for as much as his boy, uh, his boy from Villanova goes out of this trade. I would, I would challenge you to find a happier individual today than Josh Hart. Yep. And the second thing, this is from uh, NBA Central on Twitter. The Knicks acquired OG Ananobi, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Alec Burks without relinquishing a first-round pick, thus retaining all their picks for a potential superstar acquisition in the summer. Additionally, they resolved issues with clutch sports. Jalen Brunson has been named an all-star. Furthermore, Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart are launching their new podcast today, titled Roommate Show. The vibes are immaculate. They are. like When, when you lay it all out like that, it's hard to really find fault. We we might get our ass kicked by the Dallas Mavericks tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if they do, then I win the weekly prediction. So you win some, you oh, lose. Fuck some. you. God damn you, you son of a bitch. Under the super chat contributions, please. But how do you really feel? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't love <laughs> losing those things. Clearly not. John, this is whose line is it anyway? The rules are made up of the games don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but still. You're also like five and eight. You should be used to losing by now. I and you've like lost two years, years in a row. Really uh, I'm going for the three-peat. Have you won a yearly yeah, prediction you know, thing? I've won no. every year that we've done it. So for someone oh, who John, doesn't, you, you lose a lot. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's, this is great. I really, this is exactly the mindset you want me to be in before we start talking about Super Chats. Uh-huh. <laughs> or two Super Chatters. 